Welcome to the Vintage Church Podcast. Through this podcast, we hope to challenge and equip you to take your next step in your relationship with Jesus and in living and loving like Him. Much of the New Testament is made up of letters written by Paul to the churches he planted. These letters were not written to strangers, but to friends. And each of these letters includes a very personal prayer. God would prompt Paul to pray by bringing specific people to his mind. Paul prayed intentional and powerful prayers for those he loved. Following his lead, these are prayers we should echo for one another. When God brings people to our minds, he is giving us the opportunity to pray on their behalf. Join us for a series where we learn to pray unceasingly with others in mind. Well, good morning, church. Um, I'm supposed to be in Terre Rouge, Haiti today. Uh, we had a trip that was supposed to leave last Wednesday, and so we were supposed to be gone for um, the next few days. And so a few months ago, knowing or believing I was going to be in Haiti today, I asked a good friend of mine named Chris Leroy to preach. And uh, I believe that God ordained that. And so even though that trip got canceled, um, he is about to bring the word to you. And many of you, you've seen him. He's been hosting um, for the last several months. But without Chris, this church doesn't exist. Uh, God has used Chris in my life for years. Uh, his youngest brother, Josh, and I are best friends growing up. And Chris is much, much, much older than me. Um, but he was the first person that taught me that you could be a Christian and still be cool. Because the first time I ever saw him, he had an earring and a pair of J's on. And I thought, I didn't know Christians could look like that. He had on fire red Jordan 4s. I'll never forget that. Um, anyway. Uh, but he was a big influence in my life. And I had been running from my call for years. And I was hanging out with them at their house. They lived in Chapel Hill at the time, spending the night with Josh and just kind of hanging out. And we got to talking about this whole thing. And I was running for my calling, and that was, I was headed that fall. I was going back to a community college that I just went to for a year because I was still running from my call. And we were having a conversation. I said, well, maybe I'll go to Southern Wesleyan University in the spring semester and just kind of see what happens. And Chris looked at me. He said, dude, what are you waiting for? And all for the next three or four days, that, I just kept hearing that voice as if it was God's voice. Like, what are you waiting for? And had he not pushed that into my heart, I would have never pursued my calling. I would have still kind of delayed that. I would have never gone to Southern Wesleyan. And even there, Chris was very influential in me meeting and going on the first date with my wife. He actually officiated our wedding. My dad was my best man. Chris officiated our wedding. And between then and now, we've both been on a journey. And Chris has had some bumps along that road. And somewhere along the way, it led him to vintage about six months ago. And I remember sitting down with Chris, and Chris had intended just to maybe try us out. You don't just try us out. <laughs> so if you're a visitor here today, just today, see you for the next 300 years. Uh, but I asked him to preach, and he said he wouldn't. And I said, as authority over you as your pastor, yes, you will. So would you welcome my friend Chris Leroy as he comes to bring the word today.
Y'all, um, I absolutely love calling Vintage Church home. This place is something else. And um, so I am very thankful for it and for Matt. And um, yes, Matt uh, did say an earring. Because back in the day when I had an earring, it was one. You were not about to put in two earrings. And left was right and right was wrong, remember? So um, that was back in the days of the mullet and the whole deal. And so anyway, um, those were good days. Um, so Matt very poignantly introduced to us last week the idea of instead of praying in situational crisis, when somebody comes to you and says, hey, I need you to pray, um, instead we need to shift over to an idea of praying intentionally um, for those people. And you can only do that by hearing God's voice and by caring enough about the people that you are praying for to know what in the world you're supposed to be praying about. And so we're going to continue in that vein today. Just the whole idea of praying with intention versus praying in a situation or a situational crisis. Um, so I grew up in a, a pastor's home and uh, loved it. Matt talked about it last week of when the church doors were open, you were there. Um, so when I was younger, I had a drug problem. Um, I got drugged to church. And it was just one of those things like, man, it is no question. It's going to, and I remember one time dad was the pastor and I said, but I don't get anything out of it. And I, man, no, shut up and fold the bulletins and then we're going to church. Um, some of you can relate to that. Some of you cannot. But one of the things that we do and we, and we do a terrible job of, and, and fortunately I don't see it a lot here, but we throw this Christianese around, these church terms around that if we don't really understand where they come from, they will scare us to death. And prayer is one of those words. Like if I were to come and sit next to you and put the microphone in your face and say, pray over the church today for us, then some of you would die. Like literally in the floor, stop breathing, and it's, it's over. Um, just because we're so afraid of this idea of prayer because we feel like it has to be pretty and polished and practiced and perfect and no it has to be raw and real and any of us can do that it doesn't take anything special for you to pray I remember in college at Southern Wesleyan we took um, a preaching class they churched it up and called it homiletics, okay? But really, it's just preaching class, right? And there was a guy who, who was just like the rest of us, and he talked just like the rest of us and whatever, and he gets up to do his benedictory prayer after, uh, after his message, and he puts his hands up, and I promise he goes from this voice to, and may the God of peace go with you and be with you throughout your day. May his faith, and it was, just, it was like, what happened? Because we have this idea that prayer has to be perfect and polished and pretty and practiced. And no, it has to be real and raw. It is, prayer is simply talking to God, right? Wrong. Chris, that was mean. You led us the wrong direction. I'm sorry. It's not talking to God. It's talking with God. Because talking to God implies I talk, God, you listen. Any of you married in the room, does that work in your marriages? I'm going to talk, you're going to listen. Oh, no. <laughs> right? I said that to Em one time, and I, I didn't see her for about two weeks. And then the swelling went down in this eye, so I could just, I'm just kidding. Um, 
But it's just communication with God. It is spending time talking with God the Father. It is pulling up a chair. And I, and I don't mean to demean it and it's like buddy, buddy. It's not that, okay? But it's just pulling up a chair and communing with God because he cares what you have to say and then you should definitely care what he has to say. Prayer is just simple communication. It's real. So that's kind of where we're focused over the next series is learning how to pray with intention rather than pray out of crises, okay? So we, we got that picture, and Matt is going to continue that through the next several Sundays, and it's going to be good. So listen, I'm not one of these people, like, when, when it's time to go swimming, I don't like to put my foot in, my toe in, and just feel the cold water, and then my ankle's cold, and then my shin is cold, and then my knee is cold. I just don't buy that, right? We just dive in because it hurts less when you do it that way, right? Um, so we're just going to dive into Scripture this morning. So if you have your word, whether it's a, a physical Bible, whether it's your phone, whether you want to read the screen up here, we're going to dive straight into Ephesians chapter 3. We're going to go 14 to 19, okay? Here we go. Paul says, when I think of all of this, stop. One of the things that we do when we read is we don't know why we are reading. What in the world did we just read? So because of all of this, all of what? So Paul is writing a letter to some of his friends in Ephesus um, where he had started a church, and some of it is very positive, and he's thinking back on the positive things that the church has done, and he's also thinking back of the things that he's ashamed to even be associated with. And so when he thinks of all of this, okay, that's what that phrasing comes from. So when I think of all of this, I fall to my knees and I pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and earth. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. So this is a letter from Paul to some of his people uh, in Ephesus, and uh, it talks about his intentional prayer for them and about them to God with specifics in mind. So let's dive in. In order to really pray intentionally and to understand how much that matters, I think that there are three things today that I want to pull out that we need to understand. Number one is we need to understand who we are in light of who God is. All right, we need to understand who God is because it's not this equal playing field. It is, and this is so hard to understand, it is God the Father Almighty who still loves me intimately. Like, it, it's God who created the heavens and the earth just because he wanted to, and yet he still stops and listens when I call to him. It is, it is, it is this hugeness of God and this still small voice that cares about what I care about. In verse 15, Paul refers to him as the creator of heaven and earth. He created you because he wanted to, not because he had to. You are not a product of your mama and daddy. You are a product of God the Father Almighty who dreamt you up and then made you. Understand who we are in relation to who God is. In verse 16, he talks about God's glorious and unlimited resources. Anybody in the room got glorious and unlimited resources? Mine are pretty limited. 
Five babies does that. Matt talked about the Jordan game. Jordan game is gone because kids think they need to eat and whatever. So it is what it is. God has glorious and unlimited resources. In verse 14, he refers to God as the Father, and his response is, watch this, check this out. His response is, I fall to my knees. It's a position of humility when he refers to God as God the Father. Now, Father can mean many things, all right? Father is the strong, right? The provider, Something is broken, go fix it, right? That's one image of the father, right? The other image of father is dad. Hey, dad, let's go play ball. We're going to play ball together, dad, all right? Hey, dad, sit with me for a little while. Let's, let's, let's hang out. Let's be together, right? Another is uh, daddy. So I, I mentioned five kids, four are girls, all right? My youngest is Nellie Bell, who is not quite two years old, she's about 22 months, and man, when she says, Daddy, I'm done, right, comes running to me, some of y'all have seen it, she comes running to me, Daddy, and I'm, I'm done, that's it, ask anything you want, baby, while Daddy, you know, before I get my mind about me, but go ahead and ask anything you want, and I'll give it to you if I can. In Mark, Jesus commands them to pray, Abba, Father, which is Daddy. It's the little kid, it's the, I want to crawl up in your lap and just be loved. It's the... Daddy, I'm hurting, and I just need you to love me, right? So I don't don't get it, and if I could get it, how small would God be? But God is this huge creator God who still wants me to call him Daddy. But listen, sometimes the reference of God as Dad or Father is, is not a good one for us. It's, it's not one that we can wrap our minds around because our relationship with our own dad is not good. I was very fortunate. Again, I told you I grew up in a pastor's home, and, and I never questioned my dad's love for me. I didn't always like him. I knew now as a dad, I knew sometimes he didn't like me. But he loved me, and he knew what was best for me. But unfortunately, that's probably not the story of the majority of us in this room. Dad was absent, or dad was a drunk, or dad beat me, or dad yelled at me, or I saw dad do this, or I. And so when somebody talks about God the Father, you're just like, nope. And I'm sorry for that. And so one of the prayers that we're praying for you today is that God heals your idea of daddy. Where you understand the perfection of what daddy is supposed to be, and, and not the experience of, of what you may have had um, as a kid. Another reason that the whole deal with dad is, is sometimes not a good example is because to address him as dad means that I have to assume the position of child. And we don't like that as guys. Oh, tell me what to do. Uh-uh. Right? We, we don't deal well with that position of humility, that um, submissive type deal. And so because of that, sometimes when we talk about God the Father, we're like, no, I don't want anything to do with that. And so we're just praying through today that God heals your idea of daddy today. So we have to understand who we are in light of who God is in relation to who God is. The second thing, we have to understand who we are in God's eyes. 
Scripture tells us that we are knit together, right? God dreamed us up, and then he hand-knit us, right? And so get this visual with me. The visual I get is grandma sitting in the rocking chair watching her stories, right? Some of y'all know that. You were babysat by your grandma. You get it, right? With the little crochet needles, and she's making something that you're going to have to wear that you don't want to. It's got a big flower on the side of it or some kind of foolishness. I don't know what it is. But that's not something that happens quickly. That's something that takes time and planning and pain and care and love and tenderness and then results in a lot of pride. And so the whole idea of God knitting you together ends with him being proud of what he has made. And some of us need to hear that this morning, that daddy is proud of you. Yes, some of us have screwed it up royally, and daddy is still proud because he did not accidentally make you. He knew what he was doing. Understand who you are in God's eyes, and that deals with a lot of pride from him. I need a volunteer. Somebody come up on the stage. I don't care who it is. Somebody come here. Come here. Come here. Come on. Come on. Hurry. You got to make it quick, though. Hurry. My ticker's going, man. Hurry. Come on. Come on. It's going to get to red in a minute. They're going to cut me off like the Sandman at the Apollo. Some of y'all guys. Some of y'all guys. What's your name? Scott. Scott, tell everybody your name. Scott. Attaboy. <laughs> y'all, this is Scott. Uh, Scott, what am I holding in my hand? It is a $10 bill, ladies and gentlemen. It's a real $10 bill. There's nothing fake about it. You want to smell it? Attaboy, good. No, I'm like, go away, Scott. Don't be greedy. So, Scott, how much is this $10 bill worth? Okay, if I fold it in half, it's worth five, right? You're killing me, Scott. Scott, what's it worth now? Absolutely, it's still worth 10 How about if I ball it up? What's it worth? How about if I throw it on the floor? It's still worth 10 bucks on the floor. Wide it up. How about if I... Yell at it. You're ugly. You suck. You're not as cool as the other $10 bills. I wish you had never been in my pocket. What's it worth? You can have it. Put a dollar in the offering plate later. I teach this truth every time I get a chance because it made a difference in my life. The reason that the $10 bill is worth $10 is for no other reason than the maker of the $10 bill decided how much it would be worth. Y'all, the maker of the $10 bill decided it will be worth $10, and it doesn't mean jack crap what you say about it. It doesn't matter who has yelled at that $10 bill. It doesn't matter who has abused that $10 bill. It doesn't matter who has wadded up and had it in their sweaty pocket. And what It doesn't matter because the maker of the $10 bill decided it is worth 10 bucks. And some of y'all, let me change that, some of us, have believed the lie that we are worth less. Sometimes it's our own fault, just dumb stuff we've done. And sometimes it's just jealousy of whatever. Who, who, man, who cares? The maker decided that I am worth what I am worth, and you don't get to have any say-so about it. Learn that, ingest that, digest that, 
allow that to become a part of your being, that the maker has decided what you are worth, and nobody can change that. We have this idea of God fixing the broken, right? And it's such a beautiful picture. But where we mess it up is we feel like it's like this, this holy duct tape that he puts all the pieces back together and just, and it's, it's beautiful. No, no, it's still broken and it's duct taped together and we can tell what it was. And that's not what God does. He takes the broken and he makes it new as if it were never shattered in the first place. Scripture says that if any person is in Christ, which means you come, God, I am sorry, then you are new. The old is gone and the new is here. Here's the story with that, though. We can only share how wide and how long and how deep and how high. We can only share that with other people about the love of God if we have grasped that for ourselves. You can't share what you ain't got. Right? So you have to understand how deep God's love is and how high God's love is and how long God's love is and how wide God's love is and how infinite God's love is for you before you can begin to tell anybody else about that stuff. Because you can't share what you ain't got grammatically incorrect, and it's killing me to say it, but it fits. Have any, have any of y'all, this is ridiculous, have any of y'all ever asked Siri, zero divided by zero? <laughs> Let's try it. Good morning, Siri. Good morning to you, too. Australian accent, I love it. Ready? Siri, what is zero divided by zero? Imagine that you have zero cookies and you split them evenly among zero friends. How many cookies does each person get? See, it doesn't make sense. And Cookie Monster is sad that there are no cookies. And you are sad that you have no friends. <laughs> Cookie Monster is sad that there are no cookies and you are sad that you have no friends. You cannot share a cookie if you don't have a cookie. So you cannot share about how long and deep and wide and high God's love is for you unless you have understood that for yourself. So today, we have to understand who we are in light of who God is. And we have to understand who we are in God's eyes. And the third thing that we have to understand is we have to understand in light of those two things who are they in God's eyes? So everybody turn to your right. Hello. Turn to your left. Hello. Look forward, look back. That is they. Okay? Some of y'all have a much better view than other people. I'm sorry. I didn't pick your seat for you. It's okay. But the exact same way that God feels about you, the love and affection and pride and care that he put into you, he also put into they. But you don't know what they did. It doesn't matter. But you don't know what they said. It doesn't matter. But you don't know the heat. It doesn't matter. God made them with just as much care and pride and, and time as he did you. They are worth paying attention to.
Prayer means so much more when it's coming from somebody who you know loves you, right? If anybody says, hey, man, I'm praying for you, it matters. But if somebody that you know loves you says, hey, I am praying for you, that matters even more. Matt told us last week that it's, it's, it's not his norm to be the encourager and to um, stop and pray for people because he gets task-oriented and his checklist kind of deal and, and planning and, and that type of thing. And so he said the way he works around that is he blocks off uh, five people a day and just texts them or, or calls them or spends time with them and says, hey, I want you to know that I prayed for you today. And many of us in this room including myself, have been recipients of that I'm praying for you text. And it means even more coming from somebody who that's not their norm because you know they went out of their way to pray for you. And I know that when I get that text from Matt, that he's not just, oh, Chris crossed my mind, so I need to shoot him. It's a he stops what he's doing. He is praying for me. He told you about our, our history together and, and that I've known him since he was, I don't know, a middle school kid probably, if, if not before that. And um, and, and so we have invested tons of time together. The text from Matt doesn't mean what it means because M and I and our family showed up here in September. It means what it means because I knew him back in middle school and in high school, and I watched him grow, and I got to be a part of he and Ashley and, and all of that. And, and that's why that text means something. So last Sunday we were here for the 9 o'clock service, my fam and I, and then I went and worked at the, at the welcome table, which I love doing and seeing. You know, I'm a people watcher, and so I'm watching you when you come in. You know. uh, I enjoy that. And M took the kids, and I was going to go meet them for lunch. And so I had a few minutes before it was time for me to leave uh, after the welcome table and things had started. So I came in just to enjoy the presence of God that, that our, uh, our team does such a phenomenal job of leading us in. So Gang, if you're back there, amazing job. Thank you for loving us enough to lead us into the throne room of Christ. And We're spoiled and we don't even know it, y'all. Spoiled and don't even know it. And so, um, so anyway, I came in the back and I was standing back there by the doors. And, and um, there was one point in time that the presence was just thick in the place and hands were up all over the place. And I leaned over to Miss Jo, Matt's mom, and and I said, uh, I said, man, this is amazing. And she said, it is amazing. And then I turned to go, and I went out the, the double doors there into the little triangle room, which is weird. Why is there a triangle room? But whatever. So I went into the triangle room, and uh, right behind me was Miss Joe. And she said, hey, Chris, I'm praying for you. And I said, you know, that's nice. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. And it really did matter. And she stopped, and she gave me that piercing look, like looking deep into my soul where most people don't get to go. And it was, no, 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 I am praying for you about this specific thing because I believe God has this specific thing for you to accomplish, and I want you to know that I'm praying about it. Dude, that matters. And the reason that that matters is because she has been paying attention to me. We haven't had this conversation. I hadn't laid out all of my whatever to her, right? But she was intentional about asking God, what does Chris need prayer about? And because I've known Matt since he was a middle school kid, and she's probably known me since I was a middle school kid, we have invested all that time, which is a lot longer time anyway, but we have invested all that time, and that prayer matters to me. But y'all, those prayers only matter if you will take time to invest in the relationship. The caring takes time. And investment on your part 
You have got to care. How do you build relationships? It's not like this. Right? Smartphones with your face in a screen is not building relationships. I am convinced that smartphones are not making us smarter people. I was going to say smartphones are making us dumb. But then I thought, that's a little much for your first time. So I will say smartphones are not making us smart people. We can't spell, have no idea where a comma goes, and law, let's not even start about an apostrophe. Let me come over here. This is free. Okay, Christmas time is a little ways away. So you got time to learn the rules of possessive versus plural. So when you go to send out a Christmas card, please do not say Merry Christmas from the Leroy's apostrophe S. That is, unless it's the Leroy's home or the Leroy's dog or something, then you can do the whatever, but boo. More than one is S, no apostrophe. It's mine is apostrophe S. And if you are depending on the iPhone to autocorrect that, it will always put an apostrophe and it will always make you look dumb. So don't do that. All right, I believe iPhones are from Satan. I really don't. I'm just kidding. No, that's not a Samsung iPhone <laughs> conversation. I'm just teasing. Listen, in all seriousness, we have got to invest time in building relationships. You can only be intentional if you are paying attention. You can only pay attention if you have spent time caring and building the relationship. And you can only spend time building the relationship if you value people and use things. Our culture is teaching us to value things and use people to get us where we need to go. That's why intentional prayer is not normal or natural for us. It has to be worked on. It's because we are being bombarded with the idea of valuing things and using people. And God's plan is, no, no, no. We value people and we use things. The three things that we have to remember. We have to remember who we are in relation to who God is. We have to remember who we are in God's eyes. And we have to remember who they are in God's eyes. So here's what we're going to do. I love a call to action. And I love that at Vintage Church, there's always the so what. So what are we going to do next? So what are we going to do with this information we've just gotten? We're going to practice. We're about to launch into a time of prayer where there will be people placed along the walls. So if you are one of those people, go ahead and get in your spot. And we're going to pray. And if you pray in your seat, then pray in your seat. But some of you need to get up and go let somebody lay hands on you and pray. And there are a couple of different things that we can be praying about. You're not limited to these things, but these things are, some of these are specific. Some of you have a really jacked up idea of who daddy is. And so you can't get your mind wrapped around God the Father Almighty, Almighty as being a good thing. And so maybe that's it. Maybe it's just God, teach my heart who you are as daddy. And let me grasp that. Maybe that's the prayer. Maybe the prayer is, God, I have called you a liar because you said I was worth this and I said I was worth this. So maybe it's a forgiveness of that and, and a God, teach me who I am in your eyes and help me to know how much you love me. 
Or maybe it's just that you've been very selfish and you have not paid any attention whatsoever to the they. Maybe God has placed somebody in your life that needs you to be praying specifically for them about a specific thing. And that can only happen if you are intentional because you have paid attention, because you have built a relationship with them, because you value them. So maybe that's it. Maybe God brought that person to your mind and it's, I need to be praying for this person specifically for this. Could be any number of of other things. But listen, y'all, the only way that we get comfortable with the practice of prayer is if we practice prayer. And, And we stop thinking about what we think it is and we begin to learn about what it really is in relation to communication with God. And so... We're going to leave you alone and just let you have a few minutes. And there are people against the walls that would love to pray with you, and some of you need it. Some of you don't have a relationship with Jesus at all, and today's the day. Today's the day where you said, you know, I'm going to step from death to life, and I want to know about this daddy's love for me because I've never experienced that. It's a great time to pray about that as well. So whatever it is that God has laid on your heart to be praying about, we're going to give you three, four minutes to be praying about that. And then we're going to launch into worship and song again in a few minutes. But let me pray for you as you begin to pray for you. God, we love you. And we thank you for loving us. And God, you have a plan for us with how we pray. And God, you have called us to be prayer warriors. You have called us to be people who call other people's names out in prayer. And you have called us to be your hands and feet and Jesus with skin on to the people around us. And God, that can only happen if we will stop focusing on the negative of ourselves and begin to understand, number one, how much you love us and begin to understand, number two, you are choosing to use us to love other people. That's just such a big deal for some of us to grasp. God, I just pray that you would lay it down on our hearts that we cannot get away from it. I just ask that you would bless this time together as we pray, as your people call out. Scripturally, you tell us that if your people who are called by your name will humble themselves and pray, that you will hear those prayers. God, that is exciting and terrifying and all of that at the same time. Just now as we pray, whether we have the words or we're just groaning from our hearts, God, I ask that you would hear and understand and you would answer those prayers. God, this is your time. We are your people here for your purpose, and we give you ourselves. Thanks for listening to the Vintage Church Podcast. To stay connected with what's happening at Vintage, download the Vintage Church app to access sermon notes, events, devotionals, previous podcasts, and discover ways to get connected in community. We hope you join us again soon.